0: Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Viguero.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back to Breaking Barriers. Today, I'm excited. We got my man here, Rev. Who I, you know, listen, this guy, I've looked, I do, honestly, so the funny thing, Rev, is that when we were having my podcast director look at some people who we wanted to reach out to and have on our podcast, and we came across across your stuff, I fucking love your personality. Like, like every time I see you, like, with, like, a hamburger or a pizza, like, you always have the most epic face on um, that, like, makes it 10x better. So, um, listen, my man Rev here is, has been in the marketing game in the hospitality space for, for about 20 years, right, Rev?
0: Yeah, well, I've been doing, uh, quote-unquote, marketing since 1996. Oh, so, my well, goodness. Uh, You're getting <laughs> the, it. The, hospi- the hospitality food version of that started somewhere in the mid-2000s.
1: Oh, my goodness. And if you can, please, because I know that I can't do your your bio justice. If you can give us the Spark Notes version of who uh, David Rev is, can you please just give us a little, little, little taste of that?
0: Sure. Thanks. Well, listen, I appreciate being on the show, and thanks, everybody, for listening today. Um, if you went to my Instagram profile, which is probably the um, the medium or channel that I update the most frequently, and my screen name is Rev Ciancio, um, you're like, oh, this guy's a food blogger. And, like, that wouldn't be a wrong way to look at it. I've been creating some version of food content, you know, in blog format since 2003. Um, but I'm really, I'm really a, a digital marketer in the hospitality and small business space. Um, you know, I've owned my own bar. Um, I've done marketing, social media marketing, digital marketing, search marketing, content marketing for a number of different restaurants and restaurant solutions. Um, but in the last like two, three, four years, uh, I've actually been working on the software side of restaurant tech. So, you know, technology that helps restaurants from, you know, multi-chain locations like McDonald's down to, like, the pizza shop around the corner from your office, um, helping them be better with their online marketing. And so sometimes that's in the form of listings management. Sometimes that's reputation management. Sometimes it's social media. Sometimes it's influencer marketing. But it's all about, you know, uh, hospitality, tech marketing in, in the modern day. I
1: love it, man. I love it. And, and what and so talk to me about because we before we started rocking and rolling, you were telling me about how you were in music first and made that transition into food and, and hospitality. Like what like what caused that that shift in your in your business?
0: Oh man, that's a fun story. So I don't I don't know if you remember when Napster was like a thing, um, but Absolutely. I owned an agency where we were doing marketing on behalf of record labels and you know music publishers. And we were making really good money. Uh, people were, were replacing cassettes with CDs, and digital kind of wasn't a thing yet. And Napster came on the scene, and all of a sudden, like, hey, this is the, the signal to people that music is free. And I looked at my, my co-agency owners at the time was like, we need to zigzag. And they were like, whatever, Chicken Little, sky's not falling in. I was like, no, 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 no. no. Like, this is, this is huge. This is impactful. Um and the eight people that I owned an agency with at the time didn't necessarily see eye to eye with that. I broke it on my own, started my a different agency um, where I was doing some you know digital consulting, some fan club marketing, and then working directly with a couple of bands to do talent management. Um, a couple years into doing that, you know, touring the world, you know, gold records, yada yada, you know, MTV Grammys, blah blah blah, like super fun. I woke up one day and was like, I don't like this. <laughs> um, teaching musicians how to be businessmen is really difficult. The delta for which people are successful in the music business is really small, and it's got a huge hockey stick in it. Um, and, I'm like, I wanted more. But I wanted I wanted to work with people who woke up every day, and, like, business was first and the art was second, and I don't say say that to, like, make musicians feel bad. I love music. It just wasn't for me anymore. Uh, and I got into hospitality marketing because I figure even if you're like, you own the local pizza shop or if you're going to do marketing for you know a multinational, you know, multi-location chain, like at least business is on your mind. Um, and so for me, it was like, okay, well, I like hamburgers as much as I like rock and roll. Just going to go apply everything I've learned in music marketing to food and, and restaurants.
1: I love it, man. I love it. And and tell me so part of me saying before like you know seeing your epic pictures on Instagram for instance like when you're about to like eat a burger or or like you know uh, a slice of pizza like what what is do you think it's your 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 music background that has you so amped up in these pictures or like do you think it's just your normal energy like what is it that has you feeling like a rock star with food
0: man i just love pizza i mean you've eaten one right yeah <laughs> no I mean look you know the the truth be told like you know if if, you know I was revising my plan for what I was going to do with my social content specifically Instagram a couple years ago and you know if I put up a picture of you know pizza and and one of the slices being lifted and there's like a massive cheese pole and it you know makes you hungry for lunch like what's the difference between me doing that and like 3,000 other, you know, food bloggers doing the same thing. Well, I mean, there's nothing. There's literally nothing. And I didn't want to be, you know, just another food porn, a source for food porn. Like, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I know that I have more to bring to the table than just, like, telling you where to get a really cheesy pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to treat this like um, just a, you know, a, a really gratuitous restaurant recommendation channel. Um, you know, I, I I can actually help restaurants and I can help marketers and I can help them be bet- better. So I'm going to use these really gratuitous food photos to draw you into my account so that I can then help you and teach you how to be better at influencer marketing or how to have a business come up in the Google three pack or, you know, how to use ratings and reviews to draw in the customer experience. And so, you know, you talk about specifically the photos of me with food, I was like, well, You know, I want you to know who I am. That's why I changed my account name from Burger Conquest to Rev Ciancio because it's about me. It's not about, like, this funny food idea. And so those photos are like when I pick up, you know, some sick-looking hot dogs or a pile of hamburgers, like, I'm pretty happy. Uh, And so the the emotion you're catching in that photo is my real emotion. But, like, I want you to be excited about food, and I want you to be excited about, you know, whatever marketing I'm going to put in that. Post or whatever I'm going to tell you, you know, I wrote a post this morning um, that I'm going to share later this week about all of the Instagram analytic tools you need to measure your own KPIs, right? It took me, you know, it was seven pages long when I wrote it. When I share that online, like I want you to understand I'm trying to help you understand i I'm, I'm trying to help you learn something, so whatever photo i'm going to use there is going to be super eye catching so that it draws you in and then you click like, "Oh, Instagram analytic tools I could use that I want to increase my engagement, and so that that's the idea behind those photos is i'm trying to they're almost like a headline you know what I mean absolutely, man,
1: and you know what I love about that I don't think enough people understand, so like again, I kind of share with you how I've been an entrepreneur for a decade Uh, when I first started my first venture, Adapting Social, which is my big, which is my baby, um, which is my marketing agency when I was 17. And I don't think like, I was the dude like as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old running around, going door-to-door, getting extremely excited about fucking websites. And like, (laughs) I was I was like the, the version of you eating a pizza, but like with websites. And I still am that same motherfucker today. And like... The biggest thing is like I love that you bring that enthusiasm to something where some, where most people it's either dead serious or they try to make it just like food porn. Um, I love your take and I think that a big thing with breaking barriers, uh, Rev, is that like this is for people who whether they have a business, whether they're starting a business, whether their you know, business is failing or whether they're like still in college trying to figure their fucking shit out. Like at the end of the day, the whole purpose of breaking barriers is to understand that like your limiting beliefs is what keeps you in those barriers, and like part of what you're doing and part of how crazy that I am too with like websites and marketing and stuff like that, you know it's like enthusiasm goes so far and no and and so many people really don't understand that and or they don't want to put the time or effort into being that crazy mofo um. Because they don't want to do that, they don't want to. They don't want to be out of their comfort zone. They feel vulnerable. Um, and I love that you're pushing in that element of like enthusiasm, energy, like craziness. Like every time I see a picture of you, like your mouth is wide open, like, and you're like fucking like, like stoked to fucking have this picture of this food next to you. Um, I just think that more entrepreneurs need to understand that energy and enthusiasm extremely helps a business, um, and it's and it's important. So I, I really do love that you do that.
0: Thanks. Well I think energy and enthusiasm is certainly important. But look, I think if and you'll probably agree with this statement, if we pulled one hundred percent of everybody everywhere and asked them if they're interested in making changes and constant improvement, one hundred percent of everybody is gonna say yes. Right? But more like ninety percent of everybody is gonna say yes and then do nothing, right? And you know, I'm making these numbers up, but like seventy-five percent of everybody is gonna say yes. Maybe they'll actually do some research and try to learn and think about improvement or try something new, and still like five percent of everybody's going to do, you know, is actually going to do something. And so, you know, I'm looking to work with people who actually want to take an action to improve their business or improve their life or improve whatever it is they're looking for. And so, I'm trying to bring the same energy and trying to help them right so if you're going to work with me and I'm sure it's the same with your agency that like hey look we're bringing some energy we're bringing some enthusiasm we're going to screw a couple things up we're going to test and we're going to be wrong and that's going to happen but the point is like to evoke change you have to try something and you have to get it wrong and you have to learn from it and and so few people are willing to take that step right when those bad things happen it's important to keep that energy it's important to keep that positive outlook and it's important to you know, remember, like, look, we're trying to improve something here. It's either going to go great or it's not. And when it goes wrong, we're just going to figure out how to make it great next time.
1: Rev, you know what this calls for? Pizza? <laughs> Fire, man. That was so fucking good. Pizza, pizza, pizza would have been a better alternative. Damn it. Now, now you ruined it, Rev. <laughs> I, would have, I would have preferred See, pizza I, over
0: that. Whenever I fill out, like, an online form... And, and they're asking me things about my life, like, oh, you know, what's your background, this or whatever, and, like, the religion thing comes up, like, oh, what's your religion? I 100% of the time write pizza. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or, or or when somebody asks you about politics, you're just like pizza.
0: <laughs> uh, I might go burgers in the politics realm. Okay, smart
1: choice, smart choice. <laughs> um, I love it, man. And listen, so my question for you is, when you were coming up with, like, your branding and, like, because a lot of thing, a lot of things that people want to know is like how did you how did you develop that brand how did you develop that like you know personality of your brand so you know obviously where i see you you know your 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 instagram name is is rev you know revciano um you know it's kind of like your your personality now it's who you are and i'm assuming that's kind of your agency right
0: yeah yeah I mean you know how do how does anybody come up with their brand well I think a brand is constantly evolving right so like what when I intended to go out and present the version of you me that you're hearing right now like this was years and years and years of development and who I say I am and what my brand is today will be a little bit different tomorrow and a little bit different the day after that and a little bit different the day after that, right? And, and so I think it's really easy for somebody to look at, you know, you or me or even a, a larger brand like a Home Depot and go, oh, you know, there's, I, I want to be that tomorrow. Like, it's not how it works, right? You got to have an idea. You got to have something you can test. You, you got to try something. And, and the version – of me that is available today is a little bit different than the version yesterday because I tried something. I tested something. I had an idea, and I went out there and spoke about it or put content out about it or asked somebody else about it, and either it worked or didn't work. And when I say it worked or didn't work was it achieved whatever goal I set out or it didn't. And so I adapted and adapted and adapted. And that, that would be how I would tell anybody to approach a brand regardless of size. I love it. Like it's all about it's all about understanding where you want to be and what are the small moments that get you there.
1: Love it. I love it, man. And and you know what? So for me, when I was coming up with my brand again as a kid, I was I was so set, Rev. I had this um I had I had this name. So the name of my agency is Adapting Social. And <clears throat> and so before I came up with that name, I had this one name. It took me like no joke, like almost like a full week of just insane research. But I came up with it and I was so excited about it and it was called Alpha Social. And so meaning alpha, meaning dominating, you know, taking over, all this great stuff. So I bring it to, to a mentor of mine at the time and I, I was like, I finally got it. Here's the name. And he was like, it sounds like a male dating website. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. I was so pissed, man. I couldn't believe it. but. A lot of times we get those questions where it's like people ask us, like, how do you, how do you come up with this name? Like, how do you, how do you come up with your brand? Because it's, it's what sticks with you. But I love what you said in terms of, like, your brand is always evolving. And if you're doing, if you're doing the right thing, you shouldn't be doing the same thing year by year. It should always be evolving. It should always be changing. And what advice would you give to somebody who is just starting? It doesn't matter. Let's just say in the food industry, right? They're just starting their own restaurant. Like, what would be Rev's advice to somebody on day one, like, in conceptual phase part?
0: Um, in the conceptual phase part, I would say the most important thing is to have a BHAG. Do you know what a BHAG is?
1: A BHAG. Please enlighten us.
0: That is a big, hairy, audacious goal, right? (laughs) And, And... and so, you know, like, if you're starting a pizza shop or you want to go, you know, start your own construction business or you have the idea for some crazy piece of software, like, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal? Um, you know, and there's some, there's a lot to be said about having a presence of mind for the future, right? So, if, you know, you're like, look, I want to be the absolute best pizza maker in Manasquan, New Jersey. Like, cool, that's a BHAG. What are all the things that you need to do to get you there? And when you're evaluating whether you should do something or not do something, does it or does it not get you to your BHAG? And if it doesn't, don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so what does day day one look like? Who do you want to be or what do you want this to be a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now? And I say that like it's easy to answer that question. It's not. It's like really hard. Um, and so when we go backwards in this conversation a minute, you know, when we talk about, like, changing every day, right, you can write down your big, hairy, audacious goal today and realize tomorrow, like, it was the wrong one, you know, or, or it, it got you to whatever your next BHAG is. But writing, having a goal is so important in doing anything, whether it's cooking a great dinner or, like, starting the, the next Facebook, like, you have to have that goal. I want this to be X. Right? And then you have to work towards that goal and know what the steps are. And if you don't, then you go research how to get to that goal. Again, you have to have that goal.
1: I love that. I love that. And you know what? Would you, would you agree that too many people have these smaller goals that are way too within their reach and they don't shoot for, shoot for like creating the next Facebook or creating the next thing? Like they, they have these limiting beliefs that they don't think that they can get to the next phase
0: um yeah sure I mean I do that to myself so you know that's just that's just your you know human nature but you have to put them down and you have to like even if they sound ridiculous like you still have to you still have to write down your goal you still have to know why you're doing something and you still have to try and even if it sounds crazy like oh you know what I'll never actually be able to do this you don't know till you've tried it you don't know till you've sat and thought about it you don't know until you've actually put it in the presence of mind to 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 do that thing
1: it's a hundred percent true. And, and, but when I say that, so like, I'm, I'm a big advocate of fueling your brain and having positive mental attitude and having everything that you need in your brain, that's going to get you fueled into to do what you need to do. Because too many, too many times, like if people are, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, or whether it's, you know, just being overwhelmed, they're super stressed out with work or, or starting or trying to get to where you want to be from the square one. A lot of people don't come into it with the right mentality. They think that being an entrepreneur is just the fancy shit. Like just being able to like, you know, have a have a title of the CEO is like massive and like they think that's like a cool, it's a status. And having the right mental attitude from square one, I think is so important because it's such a roller coaster, you know, and and what have what have been some challenges you've experienced as an entrepreneur?
0: God, I experience challenges every ten minutes. That's that's, that's what being an entrepreneur, or doing business is. It's all challenges, um, and I would say that the you know the the biggest challenge is, is is coming up with a constantly moving goal, right? And and any challenge along that way. Uh, was a challenge unto itself and you're like Rev you're talking in circles and I'm like yes I know but again it goes back to having that goal and so like if you don't have that goal you can't have a challenge and you can't overcome a challenge and you can't learn from a challenge right, right. Uh, w- w- what, was, what was my favorite movie of all time One Crazy Summer that's the line uh, without, a, a ta- without a plan there's no attack there's no attack there's no victory so that's,
1: that's hold up that's, that's a good one man we have to we hit you on that one that was a good one that was a great one, and and so and so Rev, you know we're we're coming we're coming close to uh to the end here, and, and so I have, a, I have a question for you. So where in this ever changing world do you see Rev in five years from now?
0: Uh, so you laugh like, what's my b I'm actually in the middle of revising my b I had one. Um, a couple of things happened in my life that sort of derailed my b Mm-hmm. Uh, and so right now I'm actually redoing my VHAG. Um, I really enjoy helping restaurants and businesses to market themselves better. And so I'm working on how do I scale my ability to help more businesses? And lately that answer has been through software. So I'm currently helping uh, software companies that help businesses scale their marketing. And so where am I in five years? Um, Hopefully, I have a more defined path into what that looks like, um, and that people just sort of know me for doing that.
1: I love it. Listen, I mean, but would but so that so now you've had something in your life that's kind of gotten you off the track of your B HAG, um, but that's fucking life, though, right? I mean that that's part of the game.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, look, I was in an accident last year. I broke both wrists and an ankle. Uh, there was no plan for that. <laughs>
1: right right. You know, you can't I, plan that I had to go
0: shit. I had to go live in a re- I had to go live in a rehab center for six weeks without my wife and my kids so like oh my god sometimes shit, ha- sometimes shit happens right but it in that process and a few other things happened and I learned that the path that I was on wasn't the exact right path and so I'm going back to a BHAG. and so in the meantime, I'm out there trying to help businesses be better with their marketing and I'm trying to learn a few things. And ultimately, I would like to live a life where I'm doing public speaking. Like that is something I would like to do. But I can't be a public speaker if I don't know my values. So right now I'm trying to re- relearn my values.
1: Love that, man. I love that. Instead of going up there and bullshitting like you want to know your values, I, inspe- I, I uh, respect your integrity.
0: God bless. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And uh, and before we wrap up, though, hold up. We got to – we gotta tell everybody where the nickname Rev came from. <laughs> we can't. We can't uh, leave without that. Uh, so in January of
0: 1997, um, I learned how easy it was to become an ordained reverend, and when I mean easy, like really easy. Um, so I went and got ordained because I thought it would be really funny, um, and I did. And then I started signing my emails Rev David Ciancio, and people didn't realize that it was a title. Uh, like a doctor, uh, they thought it was just my name. People started calling me Rev, and I like I went with it. So, but I'm technically an ordained reverend. I've like uh, proceeded over 13 different weddings. So,
1: good stuff, man. I love that. I love that. And and Rev, listen, you've been you've been extremely extremely insightful, and I love I kind I really love your like your thought process and your perspective on things. And um and so one thing we always end off, we like to put our our uh, our guests on the spot here. Is there is there a quote that you that you really fuck with, like, that you universally utilize for your business or for your life that really stands out to you?
0: Um, I, there's not, you know, I think you look at, like, you know, Instagram memes and, and you know, people putting, like, quotes that, that are supposed to inspire you. I don't know that there's sort of one. Um, didn't I, didn't, I didn't say you say live, thought, laugh, love? I'll, I'll you, I'll, sorry?
1: Didn't you say live, laugh, love before? <laughs>
0: uh sure i'll tell you what my life motto is and that's probably a better answer please so my life my life motto is be awesome at two things and outsource everything else right Mm. go learn a skill that makes you definably different and definably unique go learn another skill that helps that skill and then you can hire everybody else to do the other work and whether that's hire them for your own company hire them as an outsource or, you know, marry into it. Like, be awesome at two things and outsource everything else.
1: Too good, man. That's fucking fire. I love that. And you know what? But the, the problem I see, the under, the level of entrepreneurs that I work with across the globe, like a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't get that. Like you have to set and forget tasks with reliable people so that you can be amazing at the things that you're great at. And not have to focus on the shit that you're not great at, and so for that though, I love that, and I'm and I'm super super appreciative of that. And um, and Rev, where can where can everybody find you? You know, social website. You know, give us give us your uh, your plugs.
0: Uh, the best way to find me, I update LinkedIn and Instagram most frequently. So if you look for Rev Ciancio in either platform, uh, most listeners are like, I don't know how to spell that. I get it. Um, If you go to my other Instagram account, it's called Fun With Fries. Everybody remembers that. Uh, It's an account that's just gratuitous French fry photos. You can also hit me there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fun With Fries? Yes. You are a legend. Thank you, sir. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And so Rev, thank you again so much for your time today. The one thing we always like to thank our guests, you know, listen, time is the one asset we don't get back. So for you spending it with us today, dropping some knowledge, um, I'm forever grateful. So thank you.
0: I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you for the
1: opportunity. Absolutely, brother. Take care.
0: This has been Breaking Barriers. Like, sub, share. Get more through our social media. And join us next time. The Breaking Barriers Podcast.